Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. All right, it is Friday, and as you know, we always do a Friday financial news wrap-up with my good friend, Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great, Ty. Thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to this uh, discussion every week, so thank you for the opportunity. I'm super excited. I got to say, man, I just got the book. It just came in the mail. So I am super pumped. Um, We'll talk about the book a little bit later. We're going to do something special too. So watch all the way to the end of the show. We're going to do an announcement about something special we're going to do. So watch the entire show. Let's get right into it though. Um, Financial news. Talk about what happened with GDP this week. Yeah. So again, this has been a very interesting week to watch day by day and, and to try to summarize here. So on Thursday, uh, we got a report for Q3 GDP, right? GDP, gross domestic product, basically, is our economy growing or shrinking? And the expectations going into this were for a pretty slow growth. I think it was like 2.8% coming off of what was 6%, right? So, so slowing down. And we came even in even lower. We came in at a flat 2%. Now, there are lots of things you could talk about, lots of this and that and ports and all of that. But regardless of the noise, um, it, was a, it was a weak quarter. And um, it was particularly weak because when you add in what we're going to talk about next, inflation, inflation was 5.3%. Wow. So a lot of that 2% growth was simply consumers paying more for gas or for groceries or this or that. So you know, Q3 was not a good quarter. Uh, the consumer retreated. And again, you can, you could blame lots of things, Delta, this, that, the other thing. Uh, but yeah, Q3, no matter how you cut it, was a disappointing quarter. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, we've been talking about this all year. So um, it, it's great to be connected to you and to see as things develop and then also be able to look down the road. So let's talk about inflation. We've been talking about it all year. Yeah. What's going on this week in inflation? Yeah, so inflation, right? The Fed's favorite measure is something called PCE, personal consumption expenditure. Most people think it's CPI, consumer price index, and there's PPI, producer price index. All of these measures, bad, all high, ranging from, I think, a low of 5.6 to a high of 8.1, depending on which metric you're looking at, all bad. I am pretty concerned because one of the largest indicators is not yet in the numbers and that is rent right i posted on my instagram feed last night a report i got from a, another uh, another source about average rent across the country is up 8.1% i've seen other reports talk about 12% so let's just call it between 8 and 12 rent or rent equivalent and right now, PCE, CPI, these, these other metrics are picking up 2% rent growth. So I asked the audience out there, has your rent or rent equivalent only gone up 2%? And there's not a person out there that says yes. It's much, much higher. So I know how these numbers go. They're rolling the historical. It sometimes takes months for real data to get in there. So we are going to see a pop. 
when rent is eventually in the number. So uh, that's why I've been so confident that that inflation's going to be higher, it's going to stay longer, and it's not transitory. And the good news is you can go back and watch our financial write-ups for months now. And I'm on a pretty good streak of, of calling, you know, calling the future. So yeah, inflation's a problem and it's not going to get any better. Inflation is real. It is a problem and it's not going away soon. Not soon. No. Yeah. We've been talking about it all year. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's continue the conversation. Something that, you know, um, you know, households are talking about friends. Do we need to stock up on toilet paper? <laughs> you know, and paper towels and that. What, what's going on with supply chain? What are you hearing? And what, what, what's your thoughts on Yeah, so right we definitely have, the supply chain is definitely um, a problem, right? If you, I mean, so historically speaking, the ports of Southern California, LA and Long Beach. Before this event, the record number of ships kind of waiting to cycle through was 19. Last I checked, and I think I read this on Tuesday or Wednesday, there's 103 out there. Wow. That, that's more than 19. <laughs> and then you talk about all the, the containers and then truckers. You know, I, I don't know about you, but we have ordered stuff. Like we ordered a, a new piece of furniture like two months ago. And it has been delayed three different times. The thing is made. It is done. It's just sitting on some container on some ship somewhere. And yeah, it's a problem. And perhaps that's one of the reasons why Q3 GDP was so low. Because again, you have a hundred you know, ships out there and they have, I don't know how many containers per ship, but that's a lot of goods not in the system. Um, so that could explain some of it. But yeah, the supply chain's a problem. It, um, it's, it's not gonna work out quickly because what we're seeing is producers are producing Consumers are consuming, but the whole middle of the work in process, the shipping, it's, um, I, I honestly suspect the only way it gets fixed, and this, this is crazy to say, but I'll say it anyway, I think they're going to have to bring in the National Guard or the military to help just speed up trucks and, and driving shipments around. I think, wow. I, I don't think they have enough capacity and enough drivers and enough cranes and enough skilled resources to unmess this up. I believe it will eventually be called a national disaster. And I don't know who does it. I'm guessing the president says, you know what? The National Guard for the next five months, they're just going to run trucks. I, I think it's going to get that bad. Wow. Wow. Okay. That, that's a different perspective. I thought it was a lot more hype, but it, it definitely feels very real as you're describing it. And you think about even like that whole oil spill that happened in Southern California, they believe is directly related to. Yeah. A ship with an ships. anchor, just dragging an anchor and clip the line. There's just so many ships out there. Interesting. Well, speaking of uh, polluters, um, mm. China. <laughs> <laughs> nice transition. Do you like that? that was, I was like, like where's he going with this? <laughs> so let's talk about China. Yeah. Something you've been talking about. I'm seeing a lot of head headlines about Evergrande, about real estate developers in China, $300 billion. Mm -hmm. What kind of recap and talk a little bit about what's going on there and what you're seeing? Yeah. So right now, a lot of folks are fo focused on Evergrande. It's the biggest thing, second biggest, $305 billion. So far, they've they've actually made their payments. They use the grace period, right? You don't pay. You got 30 days of grace. So they've been paying up. 
Uh, Evergrande is not the story here, folks. Uh, property developers in the real estate market in China is the story and needs to be talked about more. The fact is that a lot of Chinese have purchased their property, owned it free and clear. It's where they store wealth. And unfortunately, they don't produce rent. They're not landlords. They're not one rental at a time, right? If you own two properties, for example, you're middle of the road in, in China, you own the one you live in, then you have another one in some other building. You probably have never even furnished. It's just, that's my, that's my retirement, right? That's what they've thought it was. Well, now um, property developers are over leveraged. They can't sell. Uh, for example, Evergrande, uh, their sales for the last month were down 93%. If you know anything about a property developer, they live on cash flow, right? And when the cash flow stops, meaning they're not selling, their, their enterprise blows up. Yep. That's a problem. So property developer is going to go kaput. Uh, but what's really happening is the consumer who had faith, who over the last decade have proven that the, the fastest way to wealth is to buy a Chinese apartment. That is now blowing up. Uh, they're going to see property values decline, probably by double digits, probably very quickly. And the Chinese citizens are going to retreat. Uh, it, 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 it could make our, our great recession, our, you know, our property decline look small. It is that big of a problem. And again, just yesterday, Starbucks, the coffee company, reported. And they missed. But they reported that their biggest down revenue was China. Interesting. So some of them, some people are trying to spin it as, hey, the virus lockdowns and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I suspect it's human behavior. The Chinese consumer, the individual in China is nervous. They are nervous about their wealth. I ask you one simple question. If you woke up one day and you were worth as half as much as you were worth yesterday, would you stop spending money? The, the answer is yes, most people would. And that's what I think is going on in China. And that is going to, that if Evergrande is not going to be the problem that causes world disruption, the fact that a billion people or a billion three or a billion five, whatever the number is, Chinese citizens stop spending. That is going to be a problem. China is going to be in for a recession. They're going to have a negative GDP print, which is unheard of. Right now, people are calling for a slow growth of 6%. I'm telling you, it could very likely be negative. They all have a technical recession, which is two negative quarters in a row. That is going to disrupt the, the world economy uh, if China shrinks. And they're, doing, they're shooting themselves on the foot, seemingly on purpose. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. And, and I feel for them, right? They, they, were, they thought they were doing the right thing owning real estate. Unfortunately, they're not landlords, right? They're just holding an empty building. Um, which is a mistake, I think. So they, sh they, they should rent them out, get cash flow so they, they can you know, use that. So we'll see what happens. So just to compare, and I want to mm -hmm. relate this to our viewer, that what you just described sounds very much like what happened in 2007, 2008. Basically, our re great recession where real estate just fell into the toilet mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that part of the economy was devastated and we basically, it took from, let's call it 2008 to 2012, mm -hmm. probably to climb out. And that's basically what you're describing. It sounds like 
where yeah. China's at right now. Is that pretty accurate? They are on the downslope, and I think it's going to be much faster than anybody expects. It, it to me, it's going to be like you know, oh eight, right? The, it's broke, and now the question is, how fast do we get to the bottom? Uh, it's, it's, it's. I feel for the people. It's going to hurt. It's pe- people. F- people are f- people are human beings. It doesn't matter what language you speak. When you are suddenly worth less, and in this case, 50% wouldn't be unheard of, you're going to act different. Where you used to go out and buy Gucci belts and Prada handbags or whatever it is, you're, you're, not, even, you're not even buying a $6 latte. That should tell you something. The fact that Starbucks missed in China should tell people, people are conserving cash in China. That People need to wake up because right now people are missing it, in my opinion. Got it. So let's continue down the road. So you talked about earning disappointment. Starbucks mm-hmm. was one of the big ones. Yeah. Were there other other big companies? That- yeah, Amazon and Apple. We kind of had to triple whammy. Amazon and Apple missed yesterday. Amazon or Apple kind of, everybody should have expected Apple. I mean, Apple's a, they produce stuff and those things use chips. And what have we been talking about for a year? Chip shortage. So Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, I believe, uh, said they were $6 billion short of revenue because they didn't have enough finished product. Uh, so again, Apple, Apple still made a gazillion dollars. They're still really healthy, but they missed. And they're saying they might miss in Q4. They're lowering Q4 expectations. Because again, you can't, a, a, an iPhone, which I have and proudly have, uh, you don't have all the chips, you can't sell it, right? It's kind of a paperweight if it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, that, that was a miss. And then Amazon. Amazon was interesting. Amazon was interesting because really what they're telling you is the consumer might not be as robust as we thought. Because again, what does Amazon do, right? They have the cloud and all these other things, but a lot of it is they're shipping these cardboard boxes around the world, right? So um, maybe the consumer is not as strong as we thought. And oh, by the way, Amazon highlighted that they have, um, they're spending more, right? Because again, they're trying to keep their customers happy. So instead of shipping it by ground, they're flying more stuff. And that's just more expensive. So I think Amazon ate a lot of um, expense Mm -hmm. that I expect them to raise prices in the future, right? Like Amazon's like, ooh, that hurt. Well, we're going to have to raise prices. This is the same thing Tesla did. Tesla told us one of the reasons they were able to deliver all their cars is they stopped shipping it by boat and they're shipping stuff by plane. That's expensive. So what did they do? They raised the price of their vehicles between 2,500 and five grand. Inflation is real. Inflation is very sticky. It's, it's coming and uh, people need to be prepared for it. Yes. Wow. Well, we've been talking about it all year. So it, it is becoming very real. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to close with this thought. And then we're going to also go back to uh, the promotion mm-hmm. of uh, the, the giveaway or the free uh, event that we're going to do, the virtual event. So I want to close though and just describe, let's talk about for our viewer, viewers out there, a lot of talk about recession, a lot of talk about the U.S. economy due for a recession, right? Mm-hmm. What is a recession, number one? And mm-hmm. then number two, following up behind that, mm-hmm. what do you think, how do you think it plays out with regard to us setting here as a real estate investor, mm-hmm. a one rental at a time, Mm-hmm. investor. How, what is a recession and how do you see it playing out for us? Yeah. So the technical definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Now, again, remember, we're ta- not talking nominal, right? So Q3 report of 2%, that doesn't count. 
because it was 2% positive, even though I think it's negative 3.3. They use the nominal number, so 2%. You have two negative numbers. That's the technical definition of a recession. And recessions are always called in hindsight, right? Because you only can call it once you've had two quarters in a row of negative GDP. Now, what is it going to feel like? So again, folks, the business cycle is real. We will undoubtedly have another recession. We will undoubtedly have several more recessions in my lifetime, hopefully. Hopefully, I live a long time. Um, they happen. It's, you know, you grow and then you shrink and you grow and then you shrink. Uh, what's going to happen for us is, A, I think we've learned don't bet against the Fed. The Fed continually comes out and, you know, was a bazooka and then it's a wet, you know, then it's five bazookas and then it's 10 bazookas. Uh, they will slash rates. They will buy ETFs. They will buy bonds. You, you can count on the Fed coming in. That said, I think the next recession is going to be interesting because it, it will likely be one that um, hurts an unemployment. Unemployment really goes up. And the whole definition or the joke or the saying, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? A recession is when your neighbor's unemployed. A depression is when you're unemployed, right? It's kind of the humor in it. Yeah. So what I think the next recession will be is, is there will be a lot of people that bought housing uh, in the last couple of years. And I think we're in for a housing slowdown, not a crash, right? So there's not going to be this huge equity gain. So there'll be a lot of people sitting on five, eight, 10% equity that when you try to sell in an emergency, you just don't have the equity, right? Because you don't want to write a check. Uh, so I think what's going to happen in the next recession, whatever that is next year, the year after, the year after that, is creative financing is going to come back in vote, uh, whether it's subject to or other, other things. I, I, I think that's going to be, that's going to be the next recession because a lot of new buyers, a lot of people impacted. You got to move, you got to change states, change careers. Um, so that's that's something I'm looking to learn more of. Right, Pace Morby does a lot of that. You do a lot of that. Um, so that's going to be something I add to my bag. The last real deep recession we had just took values down. So that the answer there was go get hard money, go get private money. It's a different ballgame. I think the next one's a recession into a flat market, a flat real estate market. So creative financing is going to be the number one topic, I think. Interesting. Very interesting. And then let me just follow up on that. What are your thoughts about rent in the recession when we do see this recession? I mean, rents, <sighs> rents, are, rents are sticky. Uh, one of the things that I've seen in all the recessions is pe people lose houses, but they want to live in a house. All their stuff doesn't fit in an apartment. Uh, so I've never seen rents go down in my 20 years, uh, but they do go up. And in the Great Recession, rents went up yeah. pretty big. Yeah. And I would agree with that. And it's interesting, even in the 90s, when I started, there was, there was a recession with all the military bases closing in the Bay Area. And I saw rent soften. I mean, it was very minor, maybe 25 40, 30, 40, 50 bucks, yeah. maybe on seven, $800 a month. So very, very yeah. slight, happen, but yeah. pretty tiny. The other thing too, is I think about the rents, especially for California is we're in so a statewide rent control. Mm -hmm. And then we even also have local layers of rent control. And so because of the rent control, we're seeing a lot of rental units leaving Right, yeah, rental yeah. units converting over and never coming back as a rental. Nope, they won't come back. They'll be owner off. They're, they're, that's, yeah, the supply of affordable rentals has never been low, lower, and it's only going lower. That, and that's why rents will be, you know, worst case flat. Worst case flat. Well, there you go, folks. We did a lot today. We went, we definitely went hard today. 
Um, I just want to encourage everybody, please follow Michael at One Rental at a Time. I've got to say, I just got the new book and the ah, original book. Look at you. So here we go, One Rental at a Time and then the new book, right? So one of the things we're going to do, I teased in the beginning, we are going to do a meetup, a virtual meetup with Michael. We have not announced a date or time, but it will be in the next week, week or so. And we're going to talk about forecasts, what to expect going into the new year, right? It's November, right? We're literally at the end of October today when we're, when we're recording this. But here in November, we should start thinking about business plans, setting intentions, setting goals for the new year. And so who better than to be with than Mr. Michael Zuber, right? So we're going to talk about forecasts, but we're also going to talk about the book. We're also going to do a live, you know, just Q&A and a lot of interaction. It'll be an open mic. So we are going to announce that if you're interested in attending the virtual meetup, we're going to do that again here in about the next, I would say, seven to 10 days. So if you're watching this, please DM Michael, DM myself, send me an email, send us a Facebook messenger, make sure to reach out to us, let us know, get us your email address so that we can go ahead and make sure that you get an invite. Is that fair, Michael? Awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks, man. I put Michael on the spot. I told him, hey, if you, hey by the way, we're going to do this free event, and I, I need you to be a part of it. So thank you so much, Michael, for all that you do, all that you share. Thank you for all your insights. You got it, bud. Take care. Have a great day.